there. I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in writing as a career, whether as a novelist or a journalist, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest has written five books, his latest published in September 2019. And before that, he'd spent over 40 years as a journalist, 25 of them at CNN. But before I introduce you to John Dedakis, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a sneak peek inside the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign up box is right there. Now, my mystery and suspense reading macchiato lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is John Dedakis, novelist, writing coach, and manuscript editor. John has written five books, a series of mystery suspense novels that revolve around the character Lark Chadwick, a young college dropout who is trying to figure out what to do with her life. His latest novel in this series is entitled Fake News. Even as he was writing his Lark Chadwick novels, John was a senior copy editor at CNN, where he was responsible for supervising writing teams working for various network newscasts, which I can tell you at a 24-7 cable news network means they were under constant deadline pressures. John was also the final gatekeeper for the scripts that anchors like Wolf Blitzer, and Carol Costello would read, and that foreign correspondents like me wrote about the (laughs) stories we were covering, in my case, when I was living and working in Japan and China. By the way, if you want to learn more about what John does as a full-time novelist, writing coach, and manuscript editor, and how he built his career as a journalist, please check out the show notes for this episode to see if John's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. John, welcome to Time for Coffee. Thank you very much. Thank you for the coffee. I was just going to say, are you caffeinated and ready to go? Probably too caffeinated. (laughs) Oh, well, you don't see me. You seem kind of chill. Thank you. It's so lovely to see you in person. It's good to see you again. It's been a long time. It has. And it is so wonderful to see how your life is evolving in so many interesting ways. I'm glad we're talking in the present tense, evolving. It's still happening. It's not over. It's all happening. It's always all happening. Yes, but I think a lot of people give up. Well, they do. They do. We'll we'll save that for another conversation because right now we are here to inspire young people who are interested in becoming journalists and or writers, because obviously you are writing as a journalist, how you break into these industries. So the first question, John, is what entry level jobs are available for young people who want to get into these industries? One of the things I noticed at CNN is that a lot of times people would get the job and as soon as possible, they wanted to get on air. 
And you really have to pay your dues. When you're at a network like CNN, there are a lot of behind the scenes jobs that are important that you learn by osmosis. So being a guest greeter or a teleprompter operator, a news assistant, there are grunt work kinds of jobs that will, I think, inform you as to whether or not this is the direction you really want to go. But I think you need to take the long view and be willing to go where maybe there's not as much glamour, but there is an opportunity to do a lot more than you'd be able to do at a network level. At CNN, they wouldn't let you run camera. They wouldn't let you be on the air. But if you went to Function Junction, Utah, you could do it all and you'd really learn a lot. And as part of that, you would learn whether or not this is the business for you. And what about for writers? If somebody isn't interested, let's say, I mean, of course, you can be a writer in television news, but is interested just in the field of writing, what would you recommend? I think it's important to know yourself. And I can only speak from my own experience and what works for me. I journal a lot. I journal like a fiend. And often it's just the facts. This is what happened yesterday. But more often than not, I'll lurch into some rabbit hole of why did I feel that way? Or why did I do that? And so the more you get to know yourself, the more it informs your writing, because I think good writing that's authentic comes from a deep place. Fantastic. So next espresso shot, what is a useful skill or skills, John, that you think young people should have if they're interested in breaking into this industry? I'd say people skills. I think it's really important to be curious about other people. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Follow your curiosity. Who, where, what, when, why, and how. Those are evergreen questions that you will learn a lot about another person. And tangentially about the about the career, you know, just by asking questions as opposed to feeling that you have to know everything. What about grammar? <laughs> oh, that. <clears throat> sure. I think being a good communicator is part of it, but we're social. And so I think that good writing comes from being a good communicator. And I think a lot of people put themselves in a straitjacket thinking that good writing means fancy writing. Good writing is clear writing. And then that means it doesn't have to be wordy or flowery. It just means it needs to be effective in, in terms of saying what you really mean. Mm, I love that point. John, what kind of life experiences do you think are most important for someone starting out in this field? You've already mentioned journaling, which I think is fantastic. It's something that any of us can do at any time. But are there any other life experiences outside the classroom that you'd recommend? I mean, I'll pick up on what I said a minute ago about being a good people person, having people skills. I think the more you are exposed to people of different races, socioeconomic backgrounds, genders, all of those things, cultures will broaden your horizon. It'll widen your horizon, make you a more interesting person. And that, I think, is fundamental to having whatever whatever career you decide to go into, those are skills and experiences that won't lead you astray. Absolutely. And as you say that, it reminds me of an application, a CV that I just got. She had the fact that she's been a server at a particular restaurant. And I thought, good for you. Right. These are the kinds of experiences we expect 
teenagers, 20-somethings to have, and they are exactly the kind of experiences that help you hone those people skills, whether you're working in a restaurant, working as a ticket person at a movie theater, working at an ice cream parlor, whatever the case is, you're interacting with the public. Right, exactly. And that will also, I think, work when it comes time to working in a corporate environment, because I don't think schools teach enough about the office politics and, you know, working for a jerk, you know, and who who you probably know more than this person does. How do you deal with that kind of situation? It's a case by case. So being among the public, being among difficult people, I think is definitely important. What about someone's major, John? Is it a deciding factor that they major in creative writing, journalism, English, English literature, fill in the blank in order to be successful in this field? I don't think so. I mean, my my journalism professor basically said, don't major in journalism, you know, major in economics or political science. And it seems as though most of the good advice I've gotten, I've never heeded. In his case, I said, okay, great. And I became a journalism major with a political science minor. And maybe we'll talk about this later, but life doesn't always turn out the way you expect. So I think the best thing is to study what you're interested in with the understanding that that may not be what you end up doing. But if you find something that you're good at and that you love, that I think is the, is the recipe forward. And that can be any number of things over a number of years. And I would have to imagine, especially in the field of journalism, which you and I shared, and of course, in the field of writing, that no matter what your major is, that's kind of grist for the mill. You are becoming expert in subjects which may serve you well down the line as a journalist or as a writer. So as long as you're able to write clearly, to your earlier point, and articulate your thoughts, you're good to go. Exactly. That's job one, and the rest will take care of it. And that can, that can be no matter what career you go into. I was just talking to someone recently who worked in the, I think, the aerospace industry. And he said a lot of the papers that he had to read were almost unintelligible because the scientist was so in his head that he didn't know how to explain this in layman's terms, the significance of it. So I think that no matter what field you go into, even though you don't think that writing is is a part of it, writing and communication is fundamental. Definitely. What about a graduate school degree? And this is less so as it relates to breaking into the industries of journalism and writing and more so for someone perhaps who wants to get into the C-suite, wants to be an executive, or maybe even sees that as a pathway to becoming a senior correspondent or a senior copy editor, or whatever the case may be, are there particular graduate degrees that you think would be more useful to have? Yes, but I I don't think a, a graduate degree is a given or a certainty or a necessity. I don't have a graduate degree, so that's my bias. But on the other hand, if you are going to go into a field that requires a much more nuanced and in-depth knowledge, then if you're going to be covering the Fed or economics, it's probably not a bad idea to get an MBA or some sort of grad degree that will help you understand the esoteria of whatever it is that you're going into. Same with politics. The more you know about political science, the more effective you'll be as a political correspondent. But again, 
a lot of experience is on-the-job training. And so I wouldn't sell that short either. I got an opportunity to teach at the journalism school at the University of Maryland, not because I have a grad degree, but because I've got so many years of experience as a reporter and as a journalist. You've got dirt under your nails. (laughs) (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) So, John, what has been the best part for you of being a journalist when you were a journalist and now being a novelist? I think that the thing I liked best about journalism was the storytelling, was being out in the community, was meeting people. Obviously, I was meeting people sometimes who were having the worst day of their life. And that certainly was not ideal, but it alerts you to the breadth of human experience. And I guess that was probably the most sobering and fulfilling part of the experience because it's real. Being a writer, I think that the irony is that the hardest part is being solitary and isolated and doing the writing. The most fun for me is being out with other people and meeting other people because you're right to connect. So what better way to do that than to be in important connection and contact with other people? Which is why you like to go speak at all those conferences. Yeah, it's a, the circle of life. <laughs> okay, now to the really important question. What was it about your job as a senior copy editor at CNN? I'm going to be really specific. <laughs> and as an author mm-hmm. that sucks the most. Well, I mean, look, the way I got the job as an editor, I was a writer. And one of the editors I worked with in Atlanta said, you know, have you ever thought about being an editor? I hadn't, other than I loved buffing and polishing my copy and making it as tight as possible. He said, you'd be a great copy editor. What he meant was, I want off nights and weekends, and you'd be a great warm body to replace me. And so, yeah, I got I got the editor's job. He got the cushy shift. I did overnights for seven years, and I found that it was tedious. It's tedious because it's fault-finding. And so I needed that creative outlet. So I wrote, a, I wrote a novel, but it doesn't just happen. It took 14 major revisions, 10 years to get the agent that I've got. So the sucky part of editing was the tedium of trying to make sure you catch everything because accuracy is job one. So that was the tedious part. The tedious part of writing is the not the tedium of the writing, but the you know processing people's emails, the business side of, of writing. That's no fun. Totally agree. (laughs) What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, John? The best career advice I got, I didn't heed. And that was, in a sense, chill. Just chill. Because I think my temperament tends toward anger. And, you know, when when anger is in full bloom, not only is it not pretty, it's not really that effective. And so I think I've learned over the years to dial it down, notch it back, don't always be right. And sometimes when you are no longer in an intense conversation with someone, you know, then you're more prone to be able to listen, maybe be more self-aware, self-critical, learn from the experience. So chill is probably the best advice I got. And now I'm giving that advice to myself and, and I've learned from it. Terrific. Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or books, John, do you think accurately depict your profession? And for that, you can pick either journalism or your current career as an author. Well, there's All the President's Men. 
that's a classic about the gumshoe work of journalism. Also, as far as broadcast journalism is concerned, there are several, but one of them, it was either network news, it was the Howard Beale character, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It was prescient because it was so ahead of its time. Broadcast journalism has become infotainment. The Today Show used to be under the uh, auspices of, of NBC News, and then it turned into NBC Entertainment. And so most of what you're now seeing in terms of broadcast journalism, and this is true of CNN as well, is entertainment. It's entertaining to watch people shout at each other for some reason, and it stirs people up emotionally. And that was the, the crux of network news, that show, of, of doing it for the ratings. And that's where we are, unfortunately. I really think that I get my news now from the Associated Press, the New York Times, the Washington Post. I read it. Unless it's NPR or PBS, I don't really particularly rely on it as a source for sort of the factual basis for it. PBC is good, too. There are a lot of good, reputable news organizations, but most of them are print. Yes. And that's so interesting you would say that because it's the same for me. I don't get my news from broadcast news. I get it from, by that I should say, broadcast television news. I get it from radio I get it from print. Right. So I don't know what that says, John, but I think it says it says you need to be discerning instead of allowing yourself to be have your bias all stirred up. Because we all have a point of view, but I think it's the professional who gravitates toward the facts in hopes that they'll learn as opposed to have their bias reinforced. I'm also wondering, in my case, if it's just a question of time, it is it's easy for read. me to listen to the radio in the car right. or to read the news when I'm ready to read it. Exactly. So final espresso shot. What do you think our Java junkies would be surprised to learn about your former or your current profession? I think that people would be surprised to learn that the media is not a monolith. Even within a news organization, you have people with different points of view, different opinions about what constitutes news. They come at it from different places. And that we didn't just sit around and say, well, let's see, how are we going to get Obama elected? We didn't do that. If anything, people I knew were bending over backwards to be balanced in terms of, you know, if, if Romney's got it or whoever the candidate is has a statement, you try to balance it with almost the exact number of seconds for a soundbite on the opposite side. Now, that was back then. I don't know if it's still the case, but I think that people would be surprised to know that it's not a monolith. Media is plural. And that's certainly true from the journalists I work with. They come from all different backgrounds and, and opinions. Great point. John, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. John's new book is called Fake, and it is about the news business. So yeah. there's fake news, but it has a double meaning. There are all kinds of fakes. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about what's in fake, check out the show notes for this episode to see if John's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped because that's where we're going to dig into it. John, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. I wish you a huge amount of success with your newest of five books and just Heartfelt congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you 
always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.